Hello and welcome to the second OIME Talks podcast. My name is David Petro and I'll be your host for this episode. In this podcast, our goal is to take speakers from our past annual conference and talk to them briefly about the main points of the session that they presented. In this episode, we'll be talking with international professional development consultant, Marion Small, about her session, Teaching with Intention, Focusing on What Matters. So let's get to it. So I'm here with Marion Small. Now, welcome to the OME Talks podcast. Marion, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I usually like to ask my guests how they first heard of OAME and how they first got involved with OAME. Sure. Um, I was actually a, a New Brunswick girl and I presented at a couple of OAME conferences that I initiated and I was invited to a couple of conferences. So that was sort of how I got to know OAME. And then I moved to Ontario and became a part of OAME. So I'm in the Eastern Ontario Coma chapter. And as well, I had the opportunity to work on the board as the editor of the Gazette for a couple of years. And so when you first got involved with OME, um, maybe we can backtrack a bit, uh, a little bit of a history of sort of your teaching career and your your career up, up until now? Sure. I was a graduate student and a teacher in Vancouver for a few years, a long time ago, we won't say how many years. And um, then I became a professor at the University of New Brunswick, um, working in both the math department and the education faculty. And most of my job was uh, working with teachers in training, both secondary and elementary, teaching either math courses or education courses to them. And I did that for lots of years, worked with lots of student teachers and took several administrative positions at the university as well. And then eventually retired and kind of run my own business now. So how if you when people ask you what you do for a living right now, what will you tell? What do you tell them? Um, I tell them that I speak about math and write about math pretty much 24 seven. And does that gain you new friends or does that gain you enemies? No, it doesn't gain me enemies. It doesn't gain me enemies. No, people, people, mostly they don't ask me unless they already sort of know anyway. Right, right, right. Okay, so that's great. So um, you've been a, a longtime speaker at OAME. I don't think I've ever really seen you speak exactly the same talk ever once at OAME. And I always appreciate that. And last year, one of the sessions that you did was called Teaching with Intention Focusing on what matters. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about what that session was about. Okay, um, I'd love to uh, because it's a real passion of mine these days. I've been talking to teachers in the last few years or so about the fact that um, we have a limited amount of time in a classroom with kids and we have to use our time wisely. So that means you really need to tell yourself, I'm really trying to accomplish X if you really have a hope of accomplishing X. So teaching with intention means you're quite deliberate. I want kids to walk away with these ideas. What am I gonna do to make sure those ideas happen? And one of the things that I think we need to do is what I'm gonna call unpack the curriculum to read the expectations in our curriculum and say to ourselves, so what does that like really mean? So yeah, I want them to do such and such and such and such, but what ideas do I need them to walk away with? 
and how can I intentionally set tasks and ask questions to ensure the likelihood of those things happening increases. So can you give me an example of what that might look like? Sure. So um, I worked with a bunch of teachers recently and we were looking at an expectation in the junior grades. uh, Well, actually it was grade seven about factoring numbers. And so we read the expectation together and we said to ourselves, so yeah, we want kids to factor, but beyond factoring, what ideas about factoring do we want them to walk away with? And honestly, a group of teachers and I probably spent 30 minutes trying to figure out what are those ideas anyway. And then once we know what those ideas are, what kinds of questions, tasks would we set to do that? So for example, one idea I want kids to know is that if a number A, for example, is a factor of B, that means I can divide B into A equal groups. One idea I want kids to know is that we only talk about factors if we're talking about integers, because if we were talking about fractions, pretty much everything's a factor of pretty much everything. Um, One of the things I want kids and teachers to know is that factoring is about creating rectangles with given area and reading off the side dimensions as the factors, because that will be helpful both in the grades where you're working with factoring numbers, but also later when you're working with factoring algebraic expressions. So talking about what all those ideas are, which are not actually listed in the curriculum, is I think an important part of the work of teachers. And so once you've had that discussion, you've talked with teachers about that, so where do they move next? So then the next thing is, if I want this to happen, what are those deliberate actions I take to make sure it happens? What are the kinds of questions I ask to assess whether students really got those ideas I want? And then, of course, how do I unpack the next thing? So then you would send them out into the wild, as it were, yep. to try stuff out, and then you're going to bring them back uh, and have a discussion or like share share stories. Absolutely. And encouraging them, in fact, to work collegially because this is actually pretty hard work. Um, and the more minds on it, the better it is. So one of the one of the tasks we said is for teachers to work with colleagues to together unpack some curriculum, sometimes across a few grade levels on the same topic, sometimes within a grade level, um, working together and then coming back with um, this is how I unpack this. These are the ideas I want kids to walk away with. These are the kinds of questions I would ask to see if I had really gotten where I wanted to go. So what kind of uh, hurdles do you uh, encounter with teachers when you're trying to you know, enact this process? I think the biggest hurdle is that teachers get caught up in in just, I'm going to call it the words of the curriculum expectations rather the intent than like what's inside of it. So maybe a curriculum expectation says using manipulatives. So teachers get all hung up on, well, you have to use manipulatives. And I'd say, yeah, but but what ideas do you want them to walk away with? And they can't get past the, but you have to use manipulatives. So I think the hard part is getting past just what I'm gonna call the veneer and digging inside to say to yourself, what mathematical ideas really matter if I'm doing this topic anyway, besides the kids can execute whatever it is that the curriculum requires. And I, I you know I got to feel like the, the first step in any of, any of this process is like the first step is really not thinking of any particular resource as a, a roadmap, 
Right. Uh, but as just a resource. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you know, and, 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 you know, if we talk in, in many cases, that's just the, the textbook for many teachers. Yeah. And I mean, what, what a textbook is or what any resource is, is one person's view of what they think matters. And often that view isn't clearly articulated. It's rather implicit and sometimes it's pretty buried and teachers don't even kind of realize that there is that point of view kind of happening. Um, I feel it's important when you're thinking about intentions of being very, very explicit in your own head. Um, this is what I think we could be going for. This is what I'm going to choose to go for because I think this is what matters. And so, you know, it's interesting, you know, you're talking about the curriculum expectations and I was just sort of flipping through your school leaders uh, guide to building sustainable math success. You know, in the curriculum part there, I, I, I read, you know, an interesting question to ask yourself, uh, and I wonder how this fits into what you're saying. You know, what aspects of the curriculum for your grade do you find uncomfortable? Yeah, I forget that I wrote that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I think I might have meant different things, and I'm not even sure anymore. So one of them is that if you personally are uncomfortable with a piece of the math you have to teach. That's legitimate. You simply had experiences that didn't allow you to flesh that out. And teachers should not feel embarrassed about that. It's just what happened in their lives. However, I do believe, and I've said to teachers, but now you're the teacher and you owe it to their students that you teach to take the professional responsibility to now learn that stuff that you didn't learn. So you shouldn't feel bad, but you should feel some obligation to find out, well, what is, why is this making me uncomfortable? What don't I really understand? I got to find something out about what the ideas are that would help me like put all this together. So that's one piece of it. Um, I think another piece of the discomfort though, is that any human being who reads another human being's work, and that's what we're all doing reading a curriculum document, is, is not sure what the person who wrote it really meant. So what do those words like really mean? Um, I'm not sure I really know, and there's a little bit of discomfort in that too. So there's a little bit of comfort if you just say, well, it says use manipulatives, I'll do it. It says, e.g. this problem, so I'll do it. And, and instead of facing the discomfort, they just default to don't think about it. So in my mind, both learning for children and being a teacher should require you to be thinking all the time. And basically be less robotic about teaching. Completely. I, I mean, I think teachers have to realize that the only reason they're not being replaced by robots, at least to this date, is because robots can't do what we can do, which is really reflect on what we're doing. Well, and I think that's actually, um, it's interesting that you say that because I think we're, we're in a time that if you talk about that sort of traditional robotic teaching, if you will, you know, someone who is, who is, only like that could literally be replaced by the internet. Absolutely. And already and so, could be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I think that that idea of being nimble, uh, of, you know, listening to what your students are saying and what they're not saying and, you know, that self-reflective part about, you know, what is it that I want to teach, I think is very, is a very important step into, you know, uh, building a strong classroom, whether you're talking about math or any other subject. Completely. And I think really it is, it is that more um, reflective piece. It is the thoughtfulness. It is 
um, changing on a dime when you need to that that makes teaching so wonderful. So I, for example, interact with teachers in in face-to-face -face sessions, but I also do things like webinars, and sometimes there's chats where people react to you and sometimes not. And I know for me that it is in the interaction that I become a better giver of, of ideas. Um, and I feel that's true of every teacher. It is in the interface. It's when we interact with people that like the best stuff happens. Yeah, and I, and I think, I think you know, that interaction beyond you know, just being you know, more attentive to what your students need, that also fits into the you know, building relationships with your students. Absolutely. So when you, when you look at this, this process, like what kind of things uh, do you use as a litmus test for success? Well, I think part of it is that you've made thoughtful decisions about what would tell you if you had met your goals and you use that kind of stuff with your kids and you see if when you ask them questions, they really did get the ideas you want. So part of it is very um, personal that you've thought of ideas and you do it. I I'm sure there are more, um, I'm going to call them big scale tests, but I don't really worry about those too much. But essentially, you have to feel that your kids both act differently and feel differently when you ask them to think. So I've met kids who invite thinking in math classes, and I've met kids who do not invite thinking. And I think that if we're successful in intentional teaching, we'll have way more of the kids who are happy with the thinking. Excellent. Okay, so um, I'm curious if you've got anything that you want everyone to know, you know, that you're promoting, that you're doing right now, if you, uh, if you want to, to give a shout out to yourself there at this point. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I am cheering OME 2019, so please, please come. Um, yes. So that's one thing for sure. Um, one of the things is that I hope that um, uh, one of the messages I say to teachers and mean quite sincerely is something we just alluded to before. Um, some teachers are looking for digital resources as ways to do less work. I think that our job as teachers is a professional job and we should not be doing less work. We should just be doing better work. And I think reflecting on what you're trying to achieve, reflecting on your success and so on, is the better work that we need to all continue to do pretty much forever and ever. We're not really looking for any quick fixes. We're not really looking for things to replace us. We're looking to make the teaching more useful to our kids and ultimately more happy for us as well. Excellent. So uh, we will be talking to you further and you'll be giving us a little bit more detail on this on our webinar series, uh, which will be January 9th at 8 p.m. And so our listeners can uh, sign up for that. And so I want to thank you, Marion, for taking a few minutes to, to give us a little bit of a brief idea of what we could expect uh, on that session. And uh, we will definitely see you at OME 2019. That sounds great. All right, thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so that was a brief discussion with Marion Small about teaching with intention and focusing on what matters. For a more detailed discussion, tune in to our webinar on January 9th, 2019 for her full session. Look for details in the show notes for ways to register for that session. You might be interested in checking out Marion's new resources that focus on teaching with intention, Math Up, a K-8 teaching resource, and the soon-to-be-released Math That Matters targeted assessment and feedback for grades 3 to 8. 
and all of her other resources at her own website at one2infinity.ca. You can find all these links in the show notes. Next time, we'll be talking with Fawn Nguyen, where she'll discuss her session called What If We've Been Teaching Mathematics All Wrong? So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you at Marion's online webinar in a few weeks.